This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up and good morning. Today is Friday, May 29th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, your source for the biggest college football news. I'm your producer, Tani Levitt, and Trey is taking the day off today because we had breaking news last night. Former five-star quarterback JT Daniels announced that he is transferring from the USC Trojans across the country to the Georgia Bulldogs. And so today we're going to hear from the Junkyard Dogcast, 24-7 Sports' Georgia Bulldogs podcast. And they're going to bring on Greg Biggins, a man who has been inside with the Daniels family and JT Daniels throughout his recruitment and during his time in college. So without further ado, the Junkyard Dogcast. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, an emergency edition of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams of Dogs 24-7. And special guest, Greg Biggins from 24-7 Sports. Greg covers the uh, covers the state of California for us. He covers all, all sorts of stuff out west for us. And he knows all about this JT Daniels kid that Georgia just landed via transfer uh, USC quarterback in 2018, started 11 games, started the season opener in 2019 before going down with a with a knee injury, an ACL and a meniscus. And uh, and we've got Greg on here to kind of give us some insight there. But huge pickup for Georgia. Going to go ahead and get my thoughts here. I think it's huge that Georgia's stockpiling uh, quarterback talent in that room. And, and Daniels is the type of guy that elevates just about every quarterback room in the country's talent level when he comes into it because he's just that gifted of a prospect. He was the number three quarterback prospect in the 2018 class behind uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, and and uh, he, he's a big-time player, and it's a big-time get for Georgia whether he's eligible to play right away or not, and we're going to get to that kind of at the end of the show. But, Greg, we're going to jump right into it. I want to hear from you first. What do you think about this kid as a person and as a player? I mean, I, I love it personally. I love the fit. Um, I love the kid. I mean that in the most masculine way possible, of course. But you know, I've known JT since seventh, eighth grade. And one of the, I've only done two interviews in my life on kids as middle school players. I thought it was just kind of weird otherwise. But JT was one of them. I saw him at a seven-on-seven seven tournament in eighth grade. And I thought he was a high school junior. He's so advanced in terms of his, his feel for the position, his smarts, his football IQ, and, you know, I know Georgia fans, you know, with, with Jake Fromm, that was that was his big strength, right? Just being so smart and developed. And and that's definitely JT. Um, here's the guy who, as a freshman, was a starter at modern day high school, which for those in the South, not super familiar. It's, you know, probably one of the three or four, you know, top high school programs already using a college playbook. And and JT was able to go in there and 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 do some things that had never been done before in terms of his freshman and sophomore year and just being that that gym rat, that that guy who's just he loves just talking football and, and being around it and studying the game. And so I honestly think and I was on your your board a little bit earlier today. And I'll be honest, I think people forgot how good the kid was. There was some talk about, yeah, I don't want this guy. Is this a waste? 
this guy is really good. I mean, he's a really good football player. And, you know, honestly, why would you not be excited about having a guy like this? As you mentioned, I, I like that word, just elevate everybody else around him. Competition is always good. And, yeah, you have a dude already and, and Jamie Newman, but – and JT is a he's a guy. I mean, he's really, really good at football. And I think, you know, whether he's eligible right away or not, that's that's nor here nor there. It's undecided right now. But he has so much natural talent. And and that Georgia offense with that O line blocking for him potentially with those skill players. And I mentioned in an article, he's never really had a, a true running game um, ever, not even in high school. Uh, I think the guy has so much potential, and, and for Georgia, man, I'm excited to see what he can do in that program. Kip, uh, you, obviously you cover recruiting, and, and you know a little bit about JT Daniels as a prospect. What kind of stands out to you about it, and, and you know, like Greg talked about, the fit? Well, I just remember from that class. I mean, JT Daniels was one of the big guys in that class. It's just truly impressive to see what he did You know, at the high school level. You know, He was just one of the – the most highly productive prospects in the last couple of years. I mean, you just look at the, he was the max preps national player of the year, the national high school association player of the year. I mean, he was on every single national team coming out of high school. I think in 2017, he, it was like a 72% completion percentage. I mean, it was like 52 touchdowns, four interceptions. He ran for another 560 yards and nine touchdowns. And again, I mean, as Greg said, they're playing outstanding competition out there. And it's uh, it was highly impressive to seeing him in that class, you know, still looking at this quarterback class a couple years later. Obviously, you got Trevor Lawrence, you have Justin Fields. But I mean, JT Daniels is in that discussion, you know, probably in that next tier. But still, he's in the discussion with those guys as being one of the most talented quarterbacks in that class coming into this season. And if he's able to, you know, get back and, and rehab and, and be healthy, which that's what he's working towards right now, he still has a chance to kind of make his name as being, you know, maybe he's the third guy in that class. But if you're talking about a guy who's playing, you know, ahead of Sam Ellinger, ahead of Kellamon, ahead of some of the other guys in that class, Georgia just added one of the most talented quarterbacks they possibly could. They added a guy that in the 24-7 sports portal rankings, he was number two. And so if you're Kirby Smart, this was a no-brainer. The second he became, you know, he went into the transfer portal, of course you contact someone like that because quarterback is the most important position on the field, and adding someone like JT Daniels only makes your team better. And the alternative is he ends up at one of your rivals. I mean – you know, other programs, Tennessee, LSU, other schools would have loved to have him on the roster. And I'm sure they contacted him and, and worked hard at it. We know Tennessee is it w- was a potential option that was widely discussed. And so Kirby Smart has another recruiting win and, and again, elevates his roster. And he's always talking about composition, competition at every position. Everyone had anointed Jamie Newman as, as the starter this year. If JT Daniels is able to be eligible, Georgia has a quarterback competition on its hands. They already have one. Kirby Smart would have, every single time he's with the media, he would have said there's a quarterback competition. If JT is eligible, I mean, now his quotes won't be coach speak. This would be a legitimate quarterback competition, and that can only be good news for Georgia moving forward. I tell you what, the buzz coming out 
or coming out of, 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 you know, Southern Cal going into the last season uh, surrounding Daniels was big. And the reason it was big was because of those last two games of his freshman year. He, he you know, they lose both of them, but he goes out there. He, he lights up UCLA, one of their biggest rivals, maybe their biggest rival, depending on who you are as a USC fan, uh, lights them up for over 300 yards. Then the very next week against the college football playoff team in Notre Dame, a college football playoff team with a very, very good secondary, 349 yards, complete 72% of his passes. Uh, they Only for one touchdown. They lose that one as well. But I think everybody kind of saw that going into his sophomore year, and they're really excited to see him in Graham Harrell's system, I think. And, you know, you, you hate to see a guy go down early like that. But but when that happened, there were a lot of people who follow the game closely who were, you know, basically like, man, you know, they, they were distraught over it because he's such a talented football player. Greg, I want to ask you, how did this happen? How did what did Georgia do to kind of reel him in? What was it about Georgia that reeled him in? Uh, you know, you've had a chance. You put a story up over at Dogs Twenty Four Seven about uh, his transfer to Georgia a little bit more in depth. What, how did it go down? Yeah, and obviously the the, the family and, and just to touch upon, I, I don't want to miss an opportunity to to speak on that. What you just said, you know, I, I think if JT had played and in that Fresno state game where he tore his ACL, you mentioned that the two final games that his freshman year. And, and, and again, for those who, who don't know the situation at USC, he played in, in probably one of the more dysfunctional offenses in USC history. I and mean, we're talking about zero running game. We're talking about three different play callers. Uh, it, it was, it was not an offensive line that was in shambles. It was not a, a great offense to go showcase yourself. JT, I'm not sure you mentioned it, he skipped his whole senior year, right? He reclassified, missed his whole entire senior year, didn't do spring ball, went into USC, and still won the job without spring ball in that fall camp and played pretty well in an offense that wasn't really conducive to playing well. Uh, in that Fresno State game under Graham Harrell, he threw for, I want to say, like 230 in the first half when he got hurt. So people will say, oh, he got beaten out by Slovis and Slovis this, and I'm not knocking – Slovis, he, he balled, but had JT played the whole entire year in that offense, I have zero doubt. Not only would he have put up similar numbers, but even bigger numbers. And people are talking about him as maybe a Heisman candidate right now, right? So let's fast forward to, to now and why did he pick Georgia? You know, I, I, the family's been really close-lipped and, and didn't want really uh, to speak on in, anything on, in terms of why. Uh, so, you know, this is just me. You know, speaking on, on just knowing the family and what was important to them. You know, I, JT is, again, I kind of already used the, the Jake Fromm comparison, but JT is so advanced from a mental standpoint. And, and he, he loves that. He craves that part of the game. And, and he is the guy who just wants to digest the playbook. You know, his ability to go to a line and, and make calls and go through progressions, one to two to three, and make pre-snap reads and judgments. I mean, he is so advanced in that. And I think having an NFL OC... And a, a former NFL OC uh, as your head coach, as, you, as your offensive coordinator, as your quarterback coach, uh, that that was going to be big for him, right? He he wants he wants that. He he wants a complex playbook. He wants to be able to have a lot of responsibility. And then he, he loves the big stage. That's why he chose modern day. It's a little different in, in Southern California uh, when you go to high school. You don't just elite guys don't just go to the high school from where they live. They go go to the power programs now. And JT picked modern day because he loves that big stage. And USC kind of was similar. And, and Georgia, I mean, he's a guy who, who thrives on that. He wants to play 
in these giant stadiums and compete for national titles and have an opportunity to have, again, advanced skill guys all over the place and being able to move guys around and change plays and change protections and have, you know, four or five All-American offensive linemen blocking for him. So, I mean, all of that um, was big. And again, he didn't care as much uh, about competition. I, I mentioned Jamie Newman is a great prospect, but that wasn't as big for him or as important. It was more about, you know, where can I go in an offense that I can, I can thrive in and, you know, potentially, you know, develop and be an, an NFL first round pick that that's the ultimate dream for him. And if he can do it being three and out, you know, if he gets immediate eligible, great. If he has to sit out a year and, and compete next year, great. But he, all those pieces were kind of like a perfect storm. And obviously Kirby smart, great recruiter. Right. And, and I think all those pieces kind of came together and, and Georgia was able to, to win out for him. All right, let's take a break real quick. On the other side, we're going to talk about a, a comment from, from our Josh Pate over at 24-7 Sports and something he said about Georgia and the, and the quarterbacks and the transfer portal. And then maybe talk about this waiver thing and, and kind of how it works and how uh, what, what his odds are of maybe playing uh, in 2020 as a Bulldog. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, guys, Josh Pate, uh, new to 24-7 sports last few months is doing an incredible job. Uh, if you if you don't uh, listen to late – if you don't watch Late Kick on YouTube Live, it's tremendous. Uh, it comes on, I believe, every Thursday and every Sunday. Josh has some incredible takes. And one of the things he said that kind of jumps out to me during this whole situation is he said that Kirby Smart should maybe consider start looking at the, the transfer portal and cherry-picking quarterbacks like Oklahoma has done. Now, Oklahoma, in case you've forgotten, Baker Mayfield, all right, transfer quarterback, not a transfer portal guy. It came in later, but transfer quarterback wins the Heisman Trophy number one pick. Kyler Murray, transfer quarterback, Oklahoma gets him, Heisman Trophy, number one pick. Then he goes out and gets Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was, I guess, the only true transfer portal guy, but the, the, the whole concept still you know, stands. Kip. Want to hear what you got to say about this? What do you think about that take, and and do you think that may be something that's kind of getting weaved into Kirby's philosophy here? I, I think it's just a matter of Kirby looking at the landscape and realizing that quarterbacks aren't going to wait around anymore. You can't you can't look at your roster and see I have a freshman, I have a sophomore. Okay, I have a quarterback, a uh, quarterback or two for two three years down the road. You have to take every season on its own and try to accumulate quarterback talent the best you can, knowing that if these guys do not develop or if they don't earn the starting job, they are going to look elsewhere for another opportunity to play. And so all he's doing is taking what he's given and utilizing the system that's in place. And, you know, the, the transfer portal has changed the dynamic of college football at no position more than the quarterback position. So if you can get a – starting quarterback a quarterback with starting experience every year then why not let other programs do that development for you let these quarterbacks get experience at other places for you and, and then reap the benefits you know it's 
I mean, it is a the rich get richer. There is more separation as far as these programs are concerned with, with a lot of the top tier programs. But I mean, if, if Kirby is not utilizing that, you know that his opponents, the other programs, are going to the best they can. So all, all I see this is is him t- having a spot, having an initial transfer spot open, and using it the best way possible to bring in a quarterback who has starting position at the highest level and could potentially compete for the starting job this season. I mean, you look at the Georgia's defense. They have a chance to have the best defense in the country. Why not try to build depth at quarterback and ensure that you know, whether Jamie Newman's a starter, whether JT Daniels is a starter, if one of them gets hurt, you have a backup who has experience and can come in and still give you a chance to compete for a championship this year. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Greg, you know all too well because you end up with a uh, more of a 10,000-foot view than the rest of us here. The, the transfer portal is a fickle mistress, and, and, you know, it can give, it can take away – uh, what are your thoughts on kind of bringing in a guy like this and 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 the and Josh's comment just in general, kind of grabbing every great quarterback you can get your hands on? Yeah, why not, right? I mean, what do you have to lose? I mean, if you bring in a guy and you, he doesn't live up to what he's supposed to be, you don't really lose anything by that. He's going to probably transfer right back out and you get that scholarship back. You know, it's kind of funny. And obviously, I, I echo what you said. Josh does a phenomenal job. But, you know, there used to be the stigma when it came to transfers and especially transfer quarterbacks, because, oh, don't touch them, right? There's a red flag if they if they don't want to stay and compete. But you look at the NFL draft right now, and that stigma is definitely gone. And I think the feeling is if you know you have a small window to get in there and compete and win a job, and, and if you don't, uh, you know, no one wants to wait around until your senior year and, and then try to, to play and, and get seen by the NFL scouts. So now it's almost like you're seeing guys, if I'm not starting or if I don't feel like I can there's a guy right in front of me. I don't think all of a sudden it's a bad thing to see a guy want to leave and go somewhere else. And it's not like you're running from competition. It's just looking for a better opportunity. And obviously with JT, we'll keep it on, on topic. You know, if JT cared about, you know, competition, you know, he wouldn't have picked Georgia, right? They got dudes everywhere in that quarterback room. You got Jamie Newman and they're bringing in, you know, high level high school players every single year. And, you know, I'm still old school. I still think it'd be great if you were able to, you know, recruit a guy and develop him for two years, then he goes and plays, and then you keep bringing in and developing your own high school kids. But I get the reality now is if you want to go and get a guy for that one year out of the portal and he goes and has success the way Oklahoma has done such a great job, I don't have an issue with that at all. Yeah, and Oklahoma's done a tremendous job with it. I mean, they've been in the college football playoff with those guys. They've won Heisman trophies. They've 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 built a brand there at University of Oklahoma or Oklahoma University. Sorry, uh, they've built a brand there by by going out grabbing grad transfer grabbing transfer quarterbacks, bringing them in, coaching them up, and getting them ready to play in that scheme. And and you know, obviously, Georgia's first grad transfer quarterback has yet to see the field yet. So we're, it's it's you know idiotic to even compare what the two schools have been able to accomplish with it but the whole concept kind of still stands and that's that listen you go get this experienced guy you go get this guy that's super hungry to win I've always said that when you've got a graduate transfer you've got a senior you got a fifth year senior whatever you've got a guy that's got a sense of urgency that no other player can have you can't manufacture it no sophomore no junior no no any player can manufacture the whole idea that this is it, man. This is absolutely it, and you've got to get it done, 
or you know it's it's going to into the real world it's going into a place where you may not be able to play ball for a living anymore and and those guys kind of come in with that maturity and that leadership and that throw caution into the wind type mentality that hey I, I don't have to to kind of walk on eggshells around these guys. I don't care to walk on eggshells around these guys. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win ball games and, and to be the best player I can be. And that's the kind of mentality they get a chance to take. Uh, all right, so this whole transfer thing, okay, um, immediate eligibility is not passed yet, and even if it does, it's probably going to be 2021 and 2022 before we're, before we're looking at that. So this is going to come before that. So that means that that JT Daniels still has to apply for a, for a waiver from the NCAA. He cannot do that until he enrolls at Georgia, and then he has to go through Georgia's compliance department to actually apply for that waiver. I uh, spent a lot of time on the phone with the NCAA about this a, a year or two ago, uh, about a couple of different issues, and, and feel like I've got a pretty sound grasp on this. We've seen some really weird transfers in recent years. I mean, Tate Martell and Justin Fields, and, you know, you can you can kind of, you know, go over there. Luke Ford went the opposite way. Demetrius Robertson went the right way. You've got JT Daniels, who's moving from one side of the country to the other to play college football. You never know what the, what the, uh, what the NCAA is going to say about it, but there hasn't really been a coaching change, none of that stuff. Um, is there anything you can see, Greg, that, that, that you know, I don't know how well-versed you are on how these things work, but is there anything you can see that may be, uh, leave an opening for, for JT Daniels to be uh, eligible right away? And do you think that may be a problem for him? You know, I, I really don't. I really don't have uh, any clue. I, again, I've been doing this so long, I, I stopped trying to figure out the NCAA and how they decide yes or no to, to certain players and certain guys. I, I never would have thought – you know, Justin or Tate would have gotten immediately eligible. It just so you you never really know. Um, so, like you said, I know the the, the family uh, is hopeful, um, but in terms of the probability, I, I really don't have any, any idea. And you know, right now, my guess is probably as as good as anybody else's. I'm with you there. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't know if you ever feel like this because you know we all kind of observe this from a from from a distance here, but. You know, sometimes it's really tough to be like, hey, uh, you know, yeah, absolutely, because we don't know all the details. And, you know, I thought Luke Ford would have been a slam dunk with a family member that was sick. And, you know, Demetrius Robertson, you know, had a family member that was sick. But also he also had his brother who was living out at Cal with him at the time. And, and you know, you Tate Martell was kind of moving out when Justin Fields was moving in. Justin Fields was moving away from his hometown where his sister was at, or from his home state school where his sister was actually going to school. There's, I mean, you know, the, the NCAA, I will say this about the NCAA, and I've been real critical about them in the past, critical of them in the past, uh, that that while there seems to be no rhyme or reason, there's also a lot of closed-door uh, information that we don't get to see, and, and they come to a decision from that. Um uh, obviously, you know, there's a lot left to play out here. You know, I still think that with Jamie Newman's head start and and with you know with uh, JT Daniels coming off of an injury, that he may have a little bit better chance to start. Uh, whether JT Daniels is, is eligible to play right away, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how all that plays out. And, and if he's not eligible to play right away, does he have two years of eligibility left? Does he have a third year of eligibility left? 
Um, there, there's just so much more to cover here and so much, so many more questions, but we're only going to be able to learn the answers to those in time. And Greg, I want to thank you so much for coming on with us and, and talking with us here on the Junkyard Dogcast. And uh, um, I, I really appreciate your insight and, and everything you brought to the table. But that's all we've got for today's episode. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7, Kip Adams of Dogs 24-7, and Greg Biggins of 24-7 Sports. This has been the Junkyard Dogcast. Take care, everybody. Thank you.